well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the uh, program today. We are going to be talking about what happened uh, Tuesday night in Chesapeake, Virginia, where authorities say a manager at a Walmart walked into the employee break room where employees were gathered for the start of the overnight shift and opened fire. At least six people were killed, four others injured in the attack. And sadly, we are already starting to see Virginia politicians point the finger, play the blame game, uh, calling on uh, some unspecified gun control law that they say perhaps could have uh, stopped this. We're going to get into that uh, in just a moment. But before we do, there is a new pro Second Amendment and veteran owned coffee company that I cannot wait to tell you about. Freedom One Coffee, that's the word freedom, and the number one, Freedom One Coffee has amazing coffee options like their bourbon barrel aged coffee, which is not something you can find in your local supermarket, and their military themed bags and their freshly roasted coffees are guaranteed to have you conquer your day like the B 17 conquered the Nazi skies over Europe during World War II. And right now, Freedom One Coffee has a Black Friday sale going on from now until the end of the month with up to 75% off of all their products. For every bag of coffee you purchase, you also have a chance to win a golden ticket, which will give you a free year's worth of Freedom One coffee. How about that? All you have to do, go to freedomonecoffee.com. Again, that's the word freedom. And then the number one, freedomonecoffee.com. So I woke up this morning to the uh, news, again, of the shooting in Chesapeake, Virginia overnight. Uh, And while I was waiting to see what information had emerged, unfortunately, I already started seeing politicians in Virginia proclaim that the answer is more gun control. Senator Louise Lucas is the uh, Senate pro tem president in the uh, Commonwealth of Virginia top Democrat in the state Senate, which is controlled by Democrats, the House of Delegates narrowly controlled by Republicans. And Senator Lucas was on MSNBC uh, bright and early this morning before police even held a a news conference to update folks at 8 o'clock Eastern time on what they had learned uh, about the suspect, the victims, and the attack that took place. In her first statements to MSNBC, uh, Senator Louise Lucas placed the blame for this shooting, largely on lawmakers, uh, both in Virginia and at the federal level, saying that, uh, quote, we just have not the will to do what is necessary uh, to try to uh, uh, stop these types of attacks. Now, interestingly, Louise Lucas didn't offer any specific policies herself, although she did place a lot of blame on Virginia Republicans for not passing gun control legislation Uh, this current session and last session. What Louise Lucas left out in all of her comments to MSNBC was the fact that Democrats had complete control of the state legislature for two years, and they had control of the governor's office. In 2019, Virginia Democrats took the governor's office And they had complete control of both the House of Delegates and the State Senate. That didn't change until the 2021 elections, when Republicans won back the House of Delegates, as well as the governor's office, the lieutenant governor's office, and the attorney general's office. 
So when Louise Lucas talks about the inaction of Virginia lawmakers, I want to throw it right back on her. What did Democrats do in the two years? They passed a lot of gun control legislation, more than a half dozen gun bills, as a matter of fact. Louise Lucas, in fact, when she was uh, talking to MSNBC this morning, even talked about her own legislative item, uh, ending the uh, private transfer of firearms in Virginia without going through a background check. And Louise Lucas was very proud of that. Again, she said, we need to uh, do more to, quote, end the easy access to firearms. But clearly, the ban on private transfers of firearms in Virginia didn't stop this attack. Virginia's red flag law didn't stop this attack. None of the half dozen or so gun control laws that Virginia Democrats put in place when they had complete control of state government until earlier this year, none of those gun control measures worked. So here's my question for Louise Lucas. If you know what will stop these attacks from happening, then why didn't you introduce legislation that would stop these attacks from happening? when you were in a position to advance that legislation. Because it seems like it's blame-casting, Senator. When you sit and you point to the Republicans, who, by the way, don't have complete control over the state government, while ignoring the, I guess, inaction or the failure of Democrats to prevent this attack, if there is some sort of legislative solution, then why wasn't it proposed when you had the opportunity to pass it? And Governor Ralph Northam would have signed it. What was the holdup? And why even now can you not lay out a specific policy that you believe would have prevented this attack in Chesapeake? Why are you relying on these vague phrases about uh, doing what's necessary to stop the easy access of guns? Well, what is it that you think is necessary? What is it, Senator? Do you think there should be, a, what, a, a two-week waiting period before you purchase a firearm? Maybe a month-long waiting period? Do you think every potential gun owner should go through a mental health screening beforehand? And if so, what would be the disqualifying factors? If somebody is being treated for depression, should they lose the right to keep and bear arms? If somebody is being treated for PTSD, should they lose the right to keep and bear arms? What, what is it specifically, Senator Lucas, since you claim to know what will work? Please enlighten the rest of us as to what that magic piece of legislation is, or multiple pieces of legislation. If you think it's going to take more than one bill, please lay it out for us. But this exploitation of the murders of multiple individuals in order to advance a gun control agenda is disgusting. It is appalling. And if all you have to offer are the vacuous catchphrases of the gun control lobby, then you have no solutions at all. Put up or shut up, Senator. If you know what the answer is, offer a bill. If, on the other hand, you don't know what the answer is, then maybe quit using we need to do something as the progressive substitute for offering thoughts and prayers. Yeah, I'm angry, and I'm not generally somebody who sits in front of a microphone angry. I'm angry at the perpetrator of this attack, 
I'm angry that he cowardly chose not only to end his own life, but to end the lives of others, to destroy families who will live with this pain forevermore. Hell yeah, I'm angry. I just don't think that the answer is another gun control law. And in fact, as long as we're talking about the inaction of lawmakers in Virginia, since that's what Senator Louise Lucas wants to talk about, let's talk about what's going on with the mental health system in the Commonwealth. There is a crisis right now in the state of Virginia. This is from the Virginia Mercury. Um, Now, this was a story from last year, but I can tell you, nothing's gotten better since then. Broken is the only word that Sheriff Daryl Warren can find to describe Virginia's mental health system. A 30-year veteran of the Gloucester Sheriff's Office, he's part of a growing contingent, law enforcement officials who have turned to state legislators or they pay their local newspapers to share their alarm over a continuing shortage of psychiatric beds. Warren said, quote, the real issue is that we have a person in crisis who's waiting and waiting and waiting for help. One of his worst cases was a teenager who self-reported to a local hospital with a substance abuse disorder. But as the boy began withdrawing, his behavior became increasingly aggressive. For more than 90 hours, he was confined to the emergency room, flanked by deputies as his community service board tried to find him an inpatient treatment bed. Yeah. Sheriff Darrell Warren says, do you think this kid or any of his friends, do you think they're likely to look for help again if they have to go through what he did and sit there for 90 hours? I would suggest that no, they're not. It's a bad situation. And I don't know what the answers really are. Things have gotten so bad in Virginia that uh, uh, last year, uh, Giles County in southwestern Virginia actually sued the state because a uh, little girl who was in need of inpatient psychiatric treatment couldn't find a bed. Back in March, uh, the Giles County Department of Social Services uh, filed this lawsuit, uh, basically accusing the state of Virginia to not, uh, of not following its own state law, which supposedly requires the state to find a bed by, quote, admitting, treating, and evaluating respondents of all mental health orders. The county attorney in Giles County, a guy named Richard Chidester, said somebody had to do something. He said, and this wasn't an original idea on our part. There have been discussions among many local government attorneys about filing something. We felt like the facts of this case were bad enough to warrant it. Unfortunately, that case was dismissed by a judge. But for years now, the Commonwealth of Virginia has kicked the can down the road rather than address the mental health crisis. In fact, I would argue that the state's red flag law itself was a band-aid rather than addressing the gaping wound that is the mental health system in the state of Virginia. Oh, we don't need to worry about putting somebody in an inpatient treatment facility because we can just take their guns away. So it doesn't matter if they're dangerous to themselves or others. We can say that we've solved the problem uh, by filing a red flag petition. No. Again, as the Virginia Mercury reports, it's a struggle that has resounded across agencies as Virginia scrambles to address what officials describe as a crisis in psychiatric admissions. At any given time, virtually every one of Virginia's 10 mental hospitals are nearing or exceeding patient capacity. 
That's according to the commissioner of the State Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Services, who describes current census levels as, quote, dangerously high at a meeting in April, telling the agency's board that the number of patients combined with staffing shortfalls make working at the facilities, quote, tremendously unsafe. She said there is simply no way for the state hospitals to continue along this trajectory. And guess what? Amid the growing crisis, Virginia has also vocally opposed adding new psychiatric beds. When Central State Hospital is replaced in 2024, it will reopen with 25 fewer beds than it had originally. Lawmakers denied a 2019 request. That would be a request, by the way, that was made when Democrats had at least some control of state government to add 56 new beds at Catawba State Hospital in Roanoke County. Within the last five years, only one facility, Western State, has expanded its capacity, and those beds aren't currently open and won't be until the department can find workers to staff them. Now, again, this is for those suffering from an acute mental health crisis. It's not any better, by the way, if you just need a therapist, if you need a psychiatrist to talk to. You don't necessarily need to have inpatient treatment, but you need some help. It's not any better. And again, if Senator Louise Lucas, who is the top-ranking Democrat in the state Senate, is complaining about legislative inaction, then I'm going to point my finger right at her and say, Senator, what the hell have you done to fix this crisis? You want to try to make it harder for law-abiding individuals to purchase a firearm. You want to make it harder for people to exercise their civil rights. Well, guess what? You've made it harder for people in need of mental health treatment to get it. You've made it harder for people who are struggling to find help. You have made it harder for law enforcement to do its job. You have made it harder for these mental health professionals to do their job. You want to talk about legislative inaction? Let's talk about what you haven't done, Senator. We will know more about the circumstances of this shooting in Chesapeake, Virginia. We don't know a whole lot yet. Know that a handgun was used, which may or may not stop Joe Biden from calling for a ban on so-called assault weapons. We know that the suspect was an employee of Walmart. Don't know if there were any uh, prohibitions in his background that would have made it illegal for him to own a firearm. We don't know. And again, none of that really matters to Senator Louise Lucas, who's already figured out the answer is more gun control. She just can't tell us what exactly we need to do. It's disgusting. It's despicable. It's the worst type of politics. The exploiting of a tragedy. And sadly, I think a lot of Virginia Democrats are going to follow Senator Lucas's lead here. But again... If they're demanding that something be done, I think they owe it to the public to get specific about what exactly they think it's going to take, what laws need to be passed to stop these types of attacks from happening. And while they're trying to figure that out, I suggest they do something substantive to fix the crisis in our mental health system, a crisis of their own creation. 
All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there. Speaking of, you know, oh, we got to do something. How about enforce the existing laws on the books? Case out of uh, the Twin Cities, where, by the way, violent crime has shot up over the past couple of years. If there's a place where you would think would be seeing a get-tough-on-crime mentality, it might be the Twin Cities, but no, apparently not. Because according to uh, the U.S. Attorney, a couple of brothers who were on probation for modifying guns with auto sears have been caught with more guns. That's right. This is a not only a, a, a state-level crime, this is also a federal felony offense. They were in possession of illegally modified handguns, uh, guns that the government now considers to be machine guns. And Quantes DeMarco Ward and his twin brother Cortez DeMario Ward, both age 19, pleaded guilty on Monday in federal court to illegal possession of a firearm as a felon as well as illegal possession of ammunition as a felon. At the beginning of this year, both brothers had been charged in Hennepin County District Court for illegally modifying firearms with auto sears, allowing them to basically fire fully automatic. They pleaded guilty to those charges, but they weren't sentenced to prison, despite the fact that, uh, again, gun control activists and anti-gun politicians tell us all the time that we need to take stuff like this seriously. And the Democrats are in complete control of the criminal justice system there in Hennepin County, Minnesota. We didn't see jail time. We didn't see prison terms. We saw probation. That was it. Probation and probation only. And then in May, uh, the two brothers were pulled over in Maple Grove, Minnesota, for a traffic stop. During that stop, Cortez Ward was found to be in possession of a pistol with a 19-round magazine. Two months later, authorities executed a federal arrest warrant at the brothers' residence and located numerous other weapons, including two rifles and a pistol. Here's another question. Cortez Ward was pulled over back in May, found to be in illegal possession of a handgun and ammunition. Why wasn't his probation revoked? Why two months later were federal officials able to execute a search warrant at their home while he was still there? Again, I I don't want to hear lawmakers talk about the need to put more laws on the books when existing laws are not being enforced. Don't tell me, well, we got to have this restriction over here. When people are getting slaps on the wrist for what we are told are very serious crimes. Now, again, the two brothers charged in federal court this time around have once again pleaded guilty. They have not been sentenced yet. Uh, I'm guessing they will get some prison time this go round. But again, you got to ask, why probation? If this is supposedly such a serious crime, why were there no consequences? Today's armed citizen story from Dublin, California, where police say a woman's estranged husband was killed in a self-defense shooting over the weekend. We, again, don't have a lot of details, but what police have said is that they responded about four o'clock Sunday afternoon 
uh, and found a man identified as a, quote, estranged husband who had been fatally shot on the scene. Police say the incident stemmed from a dispute between the husband and his wife that turned into a physical altercation between the husband and another man. Uh, police say, uh, at least uh, as of uh, the initial reports, it was unclear whether the wife or the other man pulled the trigger. But Dublin police did say, based on the initial police investigation, as well as eyewitness testimony, it is believed that the shooting death was self-defense. Now, the Alameda County uh, District Attorney's Office uh, will ultimately have to make the decision as to whether or not any charges will be filed. But uh, based on the uh, police investigation, it would appear unlikely that uh, that will be the case. We will, of course, keep our eyes on this story and bring any more details as they become available. Finally today, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a, a police officer in Graham, North Carolina, able to uh, help a family get back on the road for their uh, Thanksgiving trip. Corporal Scroggins, identified by the uh, Graham Police Department, as the officer who uh, helped change a flat tire after the uh, family had pulled over near a uh, travel stop there in uh, North Carolina. They were headed to Atlanta for Thanksgiving. And uh, again, the corporal in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to help that uh, family get back on the road. So, uh, Corporal Scroggins, we thank you for your very good deed. And I hope that you have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, We will not have a Cam and Company for you until Monday, but we will be updating the website throughout the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. So I'd encourage you to check out barryandarms.com. And I just want to say that I am thankful, truly thankful for you, for you watching, for you listening, for you reaching out over the course of this year as uh, my own family has dealt with tragedy. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I can only say thank you. And uh, as I celebrate Thanksgiving with my family tomorrow, I will be very grateful and I will be giving thanks for all of your love and support. Now, we'll uh, talk to you again on Monday, but make sure you check out BarryAndArms.com throughout the weekend. If you like what you see, I'd always encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. All you have to do, go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. And you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support for the work we do, we're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis you won't find anywhere else. Because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. I hope that uh, your Thanksgiving holidays are wonderful and warm and uh, welcoming. And I look forward to talking to you again on Monday. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.